Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash gourmetgoesketo. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you with us as we continue this journey into the lives and stories of these amazing dudes who are willing to bring their experiences forward to teach you some lessons and also maybe show you that you're not quite as alone as you might feel. And today's guest is someone, I put it out there on Instagram and said, you know, I'm looking for people who feel like they're ready to tell their story. And and he, you know, raised his hand and said, "I, I feel like I've got some things to share. So I'm just excited to dive into it with him. His name is Alex Jimenez. Alex, how are you doing today? Hey, how's it going, Mike? It's great to be here. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited. We're going to get to talk. So without further ado, man, let's get into it. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, uh, as a fat guy, uh, this is the forum for me just by its namesake. Uh, It's uh, right there in the title. So uh, yeah, I just think that um, we're not alone. We are legion. And uh, I like to think most of us are are nice guys. So that's a a good thing, I think. No, for sure. And so take us into your story, man. Like, where did your, where did it all start for you? Um, you know, I, I grew up with an Italian mother, so she apparently couldn't freeze a lot of foods. And so it was, you know, incumbent on me and my brother to finish everything uh, that she put in front of delicious and very carb heavy. And I was very active. I love playing sports. But uh, I guess maybe my, uh, I was never in a deficit. <laughs> I wouldn't learn about what a caloric deficit was until many years later. So uh, I just grew up uh, healthy and strapping and, you know, uh, uh, maybe I became conscious of, of wanting to look a certain way uh, in, 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 as a young person. Um, grew up in the 80s. So Schwarzenegger, Stallone and Van Damme. And I don't know, when I looked in the mirror, I, I, I wanted to see them, but I just didn't. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I basically just, uh, learned how to kind of make fun of myself first. And that was important. And that's how I got through grade school and middle school. And, you know, it was just something that continued on well after high school in terms of struggling to find, uh, the right balance in order to create a healthier version of myself, which I just, I've always wanted to do. And I finally got the hang of it right around 29 years old. So, and so what did that look like? Where had your, you know, what was your, cause I, everyone's, everyone's different, you know, when everyone has a different place that their, you know, their weight gets to and what that looks like, you know, in terms of, you know, being an active person, but like you said, not really being in a caloric deficit. Uh, what was, was there a point where you kind of reached a highest weight or like, what was that? What was going on for you there? So, um, uh, I'm 41 years old, and so there were three moments in my life where I peaked, uh, and they were all sequentially higher than the last. Uh, when I was 24 years old, I started playing poker, and uh, if you're good at poker, you're sitting down for a long time. If you're not good at poker, you lose, you get up, and you go home. But needless to say, uh, a sedentary lifestyle with bad sleeping habits and bad food choices, it's a uh, it's a killer combo. And so uh, the first peak I hit was about 260 pounds. And uh, at five foot nine, and not as much lean mass as I would like 260 pounds, anything above a certain weight is going to be, you know, it's going to start to be dangerous. And so first highest weight, got up to 270. Alex, can you can you repeat that you dropped out? Sure. Um, so I, I got to about 260 when I was 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, I got up to about 270. And then a few years later with COVID and uh, being, you know, homebound 
uh, I got up to 284. Mm-hmm. And now, what's interesting? No, I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. Yeah. So from 260, I was able to get down to 184. When I was 270, I was able to get down to about 199. And actually, as of this morning, my new low weight from 284 is 197. And that is within less than six months. Uh, I don't say that to brag because, um, you know, it's, it's, first of all, I shouldn't have gotten that heavy in the first place, in my humble opinion. And the things that I did to get down to that weight in that amount of time doesn't necessarily lend itself to longevity. But I think I have a couple of, oh God, I hate this term. I think I have a couple of hacks to uh, combat the uh, weight regain, which I've learned from a lot of people. And so, yeah, so that's where we are now. 197 from my highest weight of uh, 284 and looking to the future to maintain as best I can. And it was that you know this this roller coaster that that you've been on these past couple of you know what what what's it been now seventeen years um, sure is what stood out to me when you were sharing your story with me because I think that really is is what the average person relates to you know I have people on this show who are 600, 700 pounds like and have these kind of amazing stories that some people can relate to but don't necessarily speak to that average person that sees the scale go from two hundred to two twenty. To 250 to okay 280 is now right. you know i you know that life of i'll never let the scale get to this place but then it does and yes you know going from those but then also making change and okay this is it this is the change i'm making this is the new place i'm at okay i need to make that change again okay i need to make that change again so when you that first time that you embarked on you know what we we lovingly call the weight loss journey like what how what were the, did, did you use different approaches, you know, every time? Like, what were what was it like, you know, kind of take us into what those different attempts at losing weight were like for you? Like, what were you doing? What were the, you know, what was your activity like? Like, what were the changes you were making? And why do you think, you know, each time you got to that point of your lowest weight and then put weight back on? Um, well, let me, let me start by saying that, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I don't want to seem like I'm going on a rant, but apparently... There's a study that says once a person makes more than a certain amount of money, it doesn't matter how much more money they have. So if someone makes more, and I'm paraphrasing a study that if you make $75,000, it doesn't make a difference between $75,000 and then like $200,000. Now, I'm sure we could all, I'm sure we'd all love the opportunity to test that theory out. But so, so for sure, I'm not saying that 284 pounds that I had the same life as someone who was, let's say like 580 pounds. I'm not, but 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 at, but at the but see at, at the exact same time, you know. Uh, uh, but maybe I am saying that. Maybe I am saying that whatever we deem to be too much, there could be a similar thought pattern and 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 self harm talk and all the rest of it. So again, I'm not trying to, you know. People say, "Oh man, I wish I could be 280 pounds." I'm you know I'm pushing X. So let me just say that I agree with you. But at the same time, you know, um, I, I'd like to think that I know what it's like. I'd like to think that if I were to share some of my deepest, darkest fears and anxieties with someone who was heavier than I was, it, it, it would it would track and it would match up. Um, but in terms of, so, okay, so the first time I said, okay, it's time to lose some weight, <laughs> like in earnest. Um, it's very simple. You know, I, I think that because I, I was, I've been single the whole time of this weight loss journey, the way it would work out. So for example, maybe I was dating a lady um, when things were going well. But I never dated a lady when I had just decided to start losing the weight. Um, and I never gained the weight while in a relationship. So I always had time, right? If you're a parent, I can only imagine what it's like to embark on a weight loss journey. If you have a spouse and all the challenges that come with it. I was always single and, and only kind of responsible to myself. So what changed each time was really just me. Or what, what remained constant was whenever it was time to, to go back onto the journey, onto the path, I was able to press all of those buttons at the same time, more water, more exercise, you know, better food. I, you know, some people can only afford maybe to just drink more water or just, you know, do one of those things. I was always able to do multiple things at the same time. And that's what always resulted in the weight loss happening within a, a pretty fast, you know, uh, within a fast uh, set of time. But, you know, more, you know, just 
cardio. You know, I'm not, I don't hate cardio. You know, I have, I have, I've, I've always had a tablet to watch music videos. I don't mind sweating. Uh, to me, as someone who, who has to have instant gratification and usually sort that out through food, you know, flavored water after a big cardio session was to me just as instant gratification like feeling as having my, you know, cheat meals or driving, to, you know, Taco Bell in the middle of the night. So I just kind of aimed my, obsess my obsessive behavior at exercise. And as opposed to, you know, junk food or, or, or all the rest of it. But what I can say, and I think it's really important because I think we have to get to specifics. So for example, I've never had a problem with drugs or alcohol. I don't know how readily someone that had a drug and alcohol issue would want to listen to me tell them, look, you got to stop drinking. It's like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. When it comes to food, anytime I've had a conversation with someone that had to lose a certain amount of weight, when I tell them, well, I would get my value meal from one McDonald's finish my french fries on the way home but still wanted to have french fries with my double quarter pounder i would continue driving to the next mcdonald's to get them so that when i got home i saw that like dude i i used to do things like that you know so in terms of specifics after the first time i lost the weight i lost a big job opportunity that would have changed my life after the second big weight loss i had to move back in with my parents and now this third weight loss where where what you know what got me up to 284 was again an act of god right i mean being a heavy person at the outset of the pandemic i was afraid that my obesity would lead to problems if i had caught covid so i i stayed in my house so there was always a specific social thing that maybe i should have been a little bit stronger to to stand up against that led to you know clicking that first domino that led to me looking to food as a coping mechanism. So. And, and that's, and, and that's what I want to get into. Like what, because I, I think that's something that sometimes people that have not been through any kind of, of, of weight loss journey, they can't relate to because they see that like you achieve the prize, you know, sure. you, you hit the finish line, you got to that place that you need to get to. And they're like, how can you go back? Like, how can you bring all of that back into, you know, all of those challenges back into your life? Like what, what is your insight into what allows you to, you know, keep knocking those dominoes down as you were putting it? So I think, um, I think what social media has done is, is it, it, you know, everybody now is privy to the same type of quotes and motivational quotes. And, and, and so what I've read very often and I've heard predating the internet was, you know, the, this concept that if you lose, you can learn from the loss and then come back and be victorious. But see, what I've yet to read, but I'm I'm sure there are countless quotes, is that when speak and then I talked about poker, sometimes winning, like you learn how to win from winning also. Now I know that sounds like intuitive or counterintuitive. That's, that's the danger. It's like I know how to lose this weight. So if I start to gain the weight back, hey, no problem. I've done it before. I know how to do it again. And so it was the uh, allowing myself to be lulled into, you know, having to, you know, I don't care. My old jeans are in the closet. I'll just wear those till I get back on track. Like it's just you, the the the, the knowledge of knowing how to win lets you let your guard down, or, or at least it did for me. It let my guard down on on those two big occasions, and it got away from me. And I'll start Monday and I'll start Tuesday. And eh, you know what? You know, uh, the first of the month is actually a Thursday. So I could start. It's just excuses. But then you say, but you're right. You know, achieving that number on the scale or that size waist in, 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 the, in the jeans. How do you let it slip away? You know, it. it's, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's, 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 it's easier than you think. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, I don't, I'm, I might've told you off, uh, offline that, you know, I'm 41 years old. If, uh, if I were to follow suit and gain back the weight that you lose and possibly even put on more weight, I don't want to know what that would do to my heart. You know what I'm saying? To add 90 pounds back onto my skeleton. Uh, and I don't want to find out. So now it's like, I don't care now about what the pretty lady thinks about the way I look. Now I care about what my cardiologist will say. So it's a little bit of a more there's more gravity to the uh 
to the to the uh, compulsion to stick stay on track. And I, I think you hit on something that's really that's insightful. Like, and I don't think people really talk about, especially when you're dealing with with regain and and kind of that place is because I think the common perception is so you put ten pounds back on, and the person who has never dealt with losing weight thinks, well, if I I put ten pounds back on, I would freak out because right. I you know I I clearly did something wrong and I'm screwing something up and and. But I think like what you were saying was you have that almost cushion inside your head of, well, I know what to do to change this. And I know that I'm not doing what I need to do to change this. So if I just get those things back in line, I can do it. Yes. I know I can do mm-hmm. it. So right. I don't need to worry about it today. You know, I can Correct. I can breathe for a little bit. I can relax for a little bit. And then, like you said, it's that self-talk that start, And especially mm-hmm. – and I think the thing – and this is why I think there's that pro- proliferation of people sharing their stories on, on social media and on podcasts like this is really important because it's when we allow those that dialogue to exist just within our own head, we're like incredibly convincing, you know, we're, yes. we're oh. incredible orators with ourselves of like, you know, <laughs> y- yeah, it would be great to start today, but you have X, Y, and Z coming up this weekend and, or even let's, let's talk about people who put on weight during the pandemic, like you know, the world's ending, you know, there wasn't, oh, you, yeah. you had trouble getting toilet paper this week. So, you know, I, I have a client that I work with. We've had many discussions about the fact that, you know, he and his wife were really on track. And then there was, they had the thought in their heads of, well, what if this favorite pizza place that we look forward to eating at when we lost the weight doesn't exist anymore because businesses are closing left and right. So I might never have a chance to have this again. I might, you know, and Someone else Correct. hearing that might be like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, no, these are, <laughs> these are those discussions that you have within your head that allow you to make things okay. You know, and we make it okay. You know, we give yeah. ourselves that permission. And it's not like a conscious, like, sit down with yourself and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give myself 50 pounds. Like, that's not the right, way that discussion right, right. happens. It's more that it comes on. And uh, there's also, you know, you know, we could go into, you know, we're talking about statistics about money. Statistics about weight loss, like unless lasting, you know, sustained change is made, it's very easy to fall back into old patterns and old behaviors and allow that those things to come right back into place because we're so adaptable as human beings. I so actually it's funny you talk about quotes. I was I was looking at some some quotes this morning, looking for something for a post on Instagram, and I came across a quote that I'd never seen before. And it was the idea that we are as human beings, we are incredible at adaptation, but we're mm-hmm. not that great at change. You know, I'm of course paraphrasing. <laughs> that's all, yeah, but no, no, no. I, that but, speaks to it. Like we ad- we yes. accept so much, and I think that's where also what you were talking about that idea of, you know, your 284 pounds is someone else's 450 pounds. Like, Correct. right? It's all situational and contextual, and the challenges can be exactly the same. You know, the challenges might. And again, that's it's the casual observer who sees the real differences. The person living through it feels those things the same exact way, you know, feels through that same experience. So it's hard when you see the scale that you fought so hard to change go back in the other direction. But again, you've got that piece of you that is saying, well, you know what you need to do to make change and you're not doing it. And until you're ready to do it, this isn't going to change. And it doesn't mean even that you're okay with it. It means that you it's almost like there's a comfort there, you know, a comfort in that. Well, I could make change if I wanted to like and then almost that becomes a bigger monster. You know, that idea of I know I could change this if I wanted to. Right. Well, you know, um, I don't I don't want to because I first of all, everything I say, I think we understand is spoken in generality. Right. We understand that there are situations. Right. And I don't want to put too much emphasis on the girl thing. I think I've already mentioned it a few times, but, you know, it to me, it's a thing, you know, it's part of it. But what I will say is, you know, the uh, you know, there's an old there's an old fashioned to date myself. Uh, I, I don't have anybody to look good for. That's a pretty big one. If you don't have anybody to look good for, then that that that'll that'll uh, that'll get you right to super stop and shop to the Oreo aisle. Um, but, you know, uh, if I if I could just set, use one last quote, you can use as many more quotes for the rest of the time as you'd like at your show. But let me just contribute one last quote that I've loved, and it it, it refers to weight, money, and um, I think it might have been Buddhist in nature. But um, it's uh, it is the problem is 
you think you have time. So what I would say to people that might hear this and, and are kind of readying themselves and just about ready to dig in, and I'm not trying to jinx anybody, but there's no rule that says you don't turn an ankle or blow out your knee or blow out your shoulder, you know, picking up a kid or doing some yard work. And then you can't start, right? I mean, then you can't start your epic fitness journey because now you have to keep your, you know what I'm saying? So my point is, is that, you know, you have to strike while the iron is hot. And I mean, the resource, I'd love to know the recidivism rate, you know, of people, you know, regaining, you know, in like the 1970s when there was not community upon community of support assuming you seek it out to help you, right, not fall or succumb. I mean, it's going to happen mathematically to some people, regardless of how much support they have. But podcasts like yours, stories like yours, the genuine nature of your wanting to help people, I'd like to think that that's going to just carve into some of the recidivism rate for your listeners that say, you know what, Mike's, you know, Gormy's on my side and and let's do this. I don't want to let him down. So. No, and I think, and that... That idea of having time is is so insidious. You know, that's that, especially like think about yourself, like 284 pounds, you know you're not going to lose 284 pounds in a week. You know, it's it's not drop 10 pounds to fit into a different pair of pants for a wedding. It's not look better in a shirt by the weekend. It's knowing that there's going to be time, you know, and no, and I mean, and, and obviously like as we talked about and we're going to get into like, you know, you did you did some great things in some quick time, but there's still time. And so I think we that in our heads, we say, well, today won't matter because if I have a thousand days of work ahead of me, what's one day? You know, what's one day? What's one more day? Is one more day that big of a deal? And the problem is, like you said, you also don't know what that one day could hold. You know, what could come to you in that one day? You know, because it always is. Life-changing experiences don't happen over a week, you know, when tragedy strikes. It's hours. Like if someone has a heart attack, it's minutes, you know, in terms of whether they're saved or they're not like minutes, like, and that's, and that's that discussion that I have with people all the time of, you have to get back to realizing that every next choice matters. Every next minute matters in terms of how you approach this. If you have change you want to make, like if, if that is something you're really ready to do. And that's the other thing you know, that I'm sure you know well, and I can speak to as well. There are times where we know there's change we need to make. And we're just not in that place that we're actually going to put the effort in to make the change. Like we're not ready to make the change. Like, or you, we, yeah, we, you actively sabotage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we allow it to be, we allow that next day to go by. We allow that next week to go by. And sometimes we do it for really great reasons. And sometimes we do it because that's just where we're at and that we don't want to kind of change that comfort place. We don't want to change that status quo. We're not ready to make for whatever reason, you know, there's always reasons. And like you said, you know, there's always excuses too. you know, there's always, always things that are going to add up, you know, and then we, you know, you, you, when you're in that and that, and that's why, you know, I post so much like start, you know, if you feel like you're ready to start, start, don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry about having everything figured out make that change, make some change now, because it's going to build on what you're doing. You know, you need to get that momentum going, you need to get that moving, because, you know, no pun intended, we're often, you know, especially when weight loss is, is the change we need to make, we're the immovable object, you know, we're that, you know, <laughs> you need right. to get you need to get the ball rolling. Because you're, if not, it's just going to get harder and harder and harder to get that moving going. So, you know, it is something it's, a, and again, like, it's that idea of getting that dialogue out of your head, and getting it out there somewhere else, like understanding that there are other people going through similar challenges, that there are other people that are having bad. And it doesn't mean everyone's bad day is the same as your bad day. Like sometimes people will say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. And it's like, well, you know what? I don't understand what you're going through because I'm not you. And that's OK. You know, it does. I don't have to understand you to know, though, like you said, to know what it's like to drive from one drive through to another, you know. I don't have, I don't have to know exactly what's going through your head, but I've done the similar actions and I know the end, you know, the end result is the same for all of us. Like, so let's, let's talk about, you know, what that, what that feels like and, and get that out of our heads and get that into that different place. And so let, let's come around to what, you know, kind of happened for you now, like you said, you know, 284 pounds heading into the, this, this wonderful thing that we, we all get to talk about constantly, you know, the, 
pandemic, whatever you want to call it, whatever word you like to use, you know, the world changing in a lot of ways and throwing a lot of challenges out there at us. Like you, during that time, decided you needed to make some change. Like what brought you to that place that you were ready to do it? So um, I'm a person that doesn't believe you need to like throw your scale into the river. Um, but I understand people that, you know, they put on the safety glasses, they make a video and they smash their scale with a hammer. Okay. For me, it was just always something that I, I just, I wasn't afraid of it. I wasn't afraid of the scale. I mean, of course, you know, a little trepidation getting on, but so, um, I remember thinking like, wait a minute, like when I got on the scale and it was like, you know, 263, 269, 277, two, I'm like, holy, I just remember like, wait a minute, I'm not getting Postmates and DoorDash and Uber Eats like three times a day, but at 41 years old with, with not a lot of lean mass, I'm saying, all right, well, I guess it's just that I'm not moving. I'm playing Call of Duty and, you know, I'm just laying down and Netflix and, you know, Tiger King. So I remember, so it was 284 and it was just about the beginning of February. And I just, you know, knowing like my internal clock, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, if I'm going to be ready for summer, the clock is ticking. Cause you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to carve into this weight that I want to lose, knowing that right around that 200 pound area is where I feel like I feel pretty confident with myself, let alone anything less. You know, I got about six months, right? June 1st is for me, you know, I don't know. So I said, all right, let me start from the outside in. And the beginning of February, I shredded bags and bags of documents. I got rid of old clothes. I, I mean, I kept clothes of every size, but I got rid of things I was never going to wear. I don't care how big I was. I replaced furniture. I cleaned my bathroom. I cleaned my living area, blah, 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 blah. So by February 26th, which was day one of my plan. There was nothing left to clean. There was nothing left to do. They extended the unemployment for, you know, X amount of more months. There were, yeah. So, um, they ex extended the unemployment and, uh, I was left with no more excuses in terms of anything else that I needed or had to do, but work on this weight loss, you know, journey again. And I know that in the past, to see people often and they check in on you like, oh, you look like you may look like I knew I wasn't going to have any type of pressure from the outside for better or for worse. And I could basically do this weight loss in private. And this would be the first time where I wasn't going to get hopefully that positive reinforcement every time I like clicked a new number. And so it actually worked out in my favor because I was just able to focus. So I'd wake up and I'd exercise. I'd eat for a certain amount of time. I'd exercise again. To get into the specifics of my weight loss protocol this time, let me just sum it up by saying I was drinking my water, I reduced my calories, I made good food choices, and I had a cheat dinner and dessert, whatever I wanted, every single week starting from week one. And that, and I was always trying to stand up and get steps in. If I had to put a circle around something that was the difference this time, it was the, what's the acronym I just learned like two weeks ago, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. I made sure that I was always, you know, doing something that involved movement, you know, while not on the elliptical or doing my push-ups or something. So, and, uh, I just, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, whoever, you know, if there's young people out there and like you said, in terms of starting the moment you, you decide that you want to, that you, you have nothing to lose and being in a better, healthy uh, body creates a healthier mind. And I think the um, emphasis on mental health these past five or six years, it's, it, it's directly related to, I think, how well your, your, your other systems in your body are doing. And I just wish that people like you would be on, I don't know, you're in San Diego in New York, it's channel four news, you know, channel seven news. Like you should be interviewed every other couple of weeks telling people, look, this is the best way to lose weight, or this is an option you have like people like you that can inspire and say, look, you have to be healthier. And I don't care if you're Insta models or people like you and I on the fat guy podcast, like it, it, I don't care the message has to get out there that the healthier you become, the better off you are for everything, for everything. I mean, for you, I mean, I, I, I've seen your, I've, I've looked at all, you know, all your pictures, all your feed. And again, 
you know, your top weight and my top weight are different, but I don't want to say I've been there. Like, I, like if I look at your picture, I say, hey, man, I've been there because I feel like I have, even if, like I said, even if there's a difference in our top weights, it, I, there's no way we didn't have similar thoughts. I mean, there's no way. So. No, and I think you're right. Like, I, I think one of the things that people miss is is because they get so laser focused on the scale, you know, and, and kind of weight being the, the primary benefit of all the changes they're making. They miss out on all of the, the corollary effects, you know, how it not just affects your health and your fitness level, but it affects your ability to interact and access the world, you know, to access opportunities. And those opportunities, you know, do go into that place of relationships and work and career success and just success in life in general when you make that that's the temple that you carry through life a priority you know when you make the, this this vessel that's carrying you around a priority it has these benefits that extend further that we sometimes don't think about because we also get so good at at ignoring the impact it's having on all these other pieces of our lives you know we get very good at downplaying all of that because we don't want to admit the real impact like like you said like when you're in that heaviest place whether it was my heaviest or your heaviest those thoughts going through your head you don't want to really sit and dwell on the impact that's having on your mental health the impact that it's having on your social health like and that's where you know you're going to get some people who push back and say well you're are you saying that you know people who aren't aren't doing things for their health are bad people like that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is there is a greater impact than just on your waistline when it comes to, you know, how you're living your life. Like it, 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 it peters out into other areas that, you know, I, I think of the number of, of, of even career-based opportunities that I either allowed to pass me by or I didn't even go for because I lived in that place. Right. Well, you know, let me not, I'm sorry. No. Uh, uh, maybe I don't, I, I don't want to make it all about aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And, and, and uh, I didn't think that you were uh, like uh, trying to like cor- not correct me, but oh, no, not no, no, no. It, it's certainly not just about aesthetics. Let me share something that I only really noticed during the pandemic. Um, so I've been heavy, like we talked about a few times, but I would say that when I was, you know, once I got past like say 240, 250, and it wasn't because I was like adding, you know, pounds to my deadlift. Um, once I got past 240, 250 this time, and then the uh, restrictions of travel were a little bit lightened, I, I realized that when you're not seen as a threat to like uh, the dating scene, when you're not seen as a threat physically because you just assume that a large person won't be able to uh, put up a fight that long, I mean, you almost become, I felt, I, let, me, let me speak for myself. I felt like I was becoming almost invisible at best, at best, invisible at best, and um, you know, treated like with pity at, at worst. And, you know, and and I remember think, but see, my whole my reaction to anything like that throughout my life has been like, wow, that, that's so crazy that that's what's happening right now. As opposed to, and and I, I feel for people that take that type of maybe realization like really, really to heart and become very withdrawn because of it. But for me, it was more of a fascinating, uh, 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 you know, experience. And not that it's a positive thing, but I was like, wow, that's crazy. Then you know, I'm not even here. Or of course, they're gonna hold the door for me. They think I can't get the door myself. That was just something that I noticed, and so your so so to your point, aesthetics aside, waist size aside, it's how you become a part of, you know, in your in one's own mind, part of the you know environment population again, just by becoming a, a heightened version of yourself. And like you said, some of those things are things that other people put on you, and some of those things are we are things we put on ourselves because we assume that's what other people are putting on us, like. We, we get very good at assuming that people are, are having thoughts about us, you know, because as human beings, we do that in all areas. It's got zero to do with, with weight. It's got, you know, you can talk to someone who has never had a weight problem and be like, what do people think about you versus here? Like, I, I remember watching a documentary once where it was just, it, it was, a, or it was a YouTube video where they asked people to describe how their friends would describe them. And then they brought the person's friends in, you know, and actually asked them questions and the person got to watch the responses and the the difference in perception was was powerful you know because we build up in our heads you know and so then once you start to have like you're saying like once you start to have those realizations that you know and I could speak to this like 
there were times where I felt more like furniture than I felt like a person in different environments. You know, you know, you're, you're a part of the background <laughs> scene, not an actor. Per- perfect, perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, yes, because yes, there are people, uh, because there are people that are not going to make eye contact with you. There are, you know, and the, those, those people usually aren't the people that you care about or anything along those lines, but then you start to apply it to every relationship and every interaction. And it almost becomes the heavier weight that you're carrying around with you you know, how that is impacting you. And that's the thing that, and that's, and that's really the hard, one of the hardest things I think about going through these journeys is you can make the physical changes, but if you don't do any work on that, that change on the inside, on what's going on inside your head, you can get to that place of being quote unquote at your goal and not really have changed anything and not have learned how you can actually access and interact with the world and what that can mean to you now and what that can be. And, you know, that's why I think, you know, I went through, you know, a big part of, you know, I had, I did nothing to change how I defined how I interacted with people in the world. So when I lost the weight the first time, it never, it never stayed off because I had done nothing to actually change anything except for my body and not making that change was what I think contributed heavily, no pun intended, to my downfall because I had done none of that work. And that's why for me, in everything I do with people, whether it's just supporting them through DMs on social media or through actually actively coaching people, I stress like your mindset and your mindfulness are so important towards learning lessons along the way, but also, you know, accessing things differently and and defining for yourself how you want to access the world. And being willing to get a little uncomfortable sometimes because you are actually making hard change happen. Well, that's gotta be, I can only imagine, you know, the people that let's say like hang up the phone with you or, you know, shut down their DMS for the day connecting with you. And they probably just like put their head in their hands, like how the F am I going to do this? (laughs) You know, because it's, it's, it's not, it's not a switch you could turn on. I mean, you can get yourself across 30 minutes on a treadmill, but to, to realize like, I'm going to actually have to start engaging like, oh man. So that's why the work you're doing is the Lord's work because it's, it's, you might, you might, I'm just saying, I mean, I don't know what's the, what's the difference between you and a Harvard trained psychologist. I can't find the difference. Maybe your job's harder and, and with some people or patients or, or trainees. Right. I mean, come on. No, it's. And it, and again, it, it's like, well, because you can also, as, as someone doing this work, you can give a person everything they need to make the change, but until they actually start actively participating, nothing happens. And, you know, like that's, and that's something that every person, any, you know, any counselor will tell you, like any, you know, I can sit there and I can reflect back to someone, their inconsistencies, and I can help a person summarize what they're saying and make sure they feel heard and validated but, and I can help them identify an action plan. You know, I work with people all the time who we identify a very clear action plan. And then day one comes and it's like, okay, so what happened? Well, today wasn't good. Okay, so what what happened with all of the steps that you had in place? Well, I didn't do any of it. Okay, so why didn't you do any of it? Well, I don't know, I just didn't do any of it. Okay, you know, like it, 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 it does, it takes, it takes finding that fire for yourself and so, so that's one of, one of the things that I want to make sure we get to talk about is, you know, so you're at this, you know, you're, you're 197 today, you've, you've made some changes, you're, you're in this different place. Like, what do you think, wh- what's going on for Alex that has you feeling like, okay, I'm set up in this place now and this is the place that I want to stay? Like, what do you feel is the, are the behaviors, you know, you mentioned earlier some hacks. Like, what do you think are the things that are going to allow you to stay in this place of, of success? So, um, you know, right now I'm trying to get back into the workforce. And while it is true that there are jobs everywhere, I've, I've, I've started the process of getting one job that allows for a lot of activity and it has a good benefits package, X, Y, and Z. So if, if I, you know, trying to focus, I'm, I'm best at, let's say, focusing on one thing at a time. So for example, I wasn't going to start to look for a job until I lost a certain amount, portion of the weight. Uh, these last, uh, let's say two weeks have had some administrative issues that have actively, that have, uh, uh, you know, really given me anxiety. And I find myself with the cravings, with the, the tendency to say, I think if I get a 
you know, large thin crust pizza with extra cheese, pepperoni and beef, I think I might get the job sooner. It's like, oh, no, 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 that's not how life works. So again, it's, it's the recognition of like patterns of behavior and the ability to say, I'm going to go have 600 grams of watermelon, which is, you know, 80 to 90% less, something that'll fill up my stomach. So first of all, it's the recognition of pattern behavior and not succumbing to sugary foods to deal with a problem that has nothing to do with food. The second thing is that, um, you know, I, I, I believe a lot in baseline, getting baseline numbers, because that's how you can track progress. And, you know, I've seen about five specialists over the past six months for my cardio, vascular, my um, gastro, because I had some issues with my liver. And so I have all these beautiful numbers that are accessible on my health apps. And I realize that right now, all of my ranges are healthy. And so those are things that you could figuratively like touch with your finger that I want to maintain as opposed to if in your twenties, you say, well, I really like this, the way this t-shirt like sits on me. I want to keep it that way. I want my liver and my heart to stay the, you know, as healthy as they appear to be now. So it's having alternate versions of, you know, uh, baseline measurements, alternate, or I should say additional ways to measure success. Um, I'm not so much worried about the numbers anymore, although the, that's still a part of it. But going forward, knowing the accountability that I have to relatives, friends that have always supported my weight loss uh, journeys, even though I fall off, you know, the times I've fallen off. So I think it's just replacing bad foods with alternate foods that taste good. If there's just no other choice but to have a off diet uh, meal time. It's the additional ways of tracking progress that uh, don't include number, uh, I should say weight scale numbers. And it's just the abundance of people that are in the fight with me now. You know what I'm saying? Like you and all the people that you follow and all the people that you post, these are inspirational people and we're all kindred spirits in one way or another. And that's different. I didn't have that the last two times. I just didn't. They, I mean, I was, you know, I was following very attractive young ladies and guess what? Very attractive young men of legal age that were fitspo, right? Fitspo, fit inspirations. And, you know, those are good, but I found more strength in people that have been in the mud with me, uh, at least in a more direct uh, way. And so th those are my three new ways of, of combating, eh, let me just go get a burger. No, effing no, you know what I mean? I mean, look, we're not gonna be perfect, but you just try to make it as many good decisions in a row as possible. And that's it. And, and, and that even that, that last sentence, like that idea, you know, it's the accepting that you're not gonna be perfect. Yes. But that you can still be successful, you know, that you can still, Live oh, a yeah. you, you can still live a healthy life because I think, you know, as, as people, as human beings, we, we, we live with this all or nothing mentality. We live with this black and whiteness and it's, I don't, you know, the people that I see living success, you know, for years are the people that understand that life is a gray area, you know, that and you have to, and it doesn't mean that you have to be afraid of the gray area. You have to be willing to kind of wade deep into it and know that, you know, like you said, Having that off-plan meal doesn't mean that everything is is has shit the bed and everything's out the window, yeah. you know, and everything's <laughs> right. dead. Like, you know, and it also you also have to not allow that gray area to give you permission to wade even deeper into it. You know, like to, you know, it's that mentality of, well, you know, I I had planned a healthy breakfast, but you know, work work screwed things up and things got really fast, so I ended up grabbing a bagel sandwich and a donut instead. So I might as well get McDonald's for lunch because I've already screwed up Tuesday. So, oh, naturally, I'll, you know, naturally, I'll go, yeah. you know, once, once Wednesday comes, I'm going to be perfect. But because I also think we, and this is something I, I don't think we, I don't think we like to talk about, but I think a lot of people feel, especially when they're in that kind of that, that diet mentality or that weight loss mentality of, well, I'm only going to give myself today to screw up. So I better go hard as heck as I can today making bad choices. Oh my God. You know, oh, like it's, it's, I'm going to make yeah. today as bad as possible because tomorrow I'm not going to give myself permission to ever do that again. You know, I'm never going to do this again. So did I, I just had Taco Bell, but 
if I'm never going to be able to order a pizza again, I better order a pizza too today. And uh, while I'm getting pizza, I better get some ice cream because ice cream's off the menu. Like, and what's what's dinner without dessert? No, no, no. Look, I mean, we're, and and you know, I've I've I don't know if this is the right usage of the word, but I have anthropomorphized, turned human, what I believe to be a psychological like fat demon inside of me, and my fat demon is you know just, just, just ugly and just and 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 insatiable. And it's a fight against him. You know, it's a fight against this guy. We have the same haircut. We have the same color eyes. Only he has fangs and and just is never happy. So, if you can set up a a a, a you know, if you can, I, I, th- I what's helped me. See, that's the thing. It, it's all different for other people. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are dealing with weight, but they're also like I imagine they own their own company and they run. They run shit, you know, so mm-hmm. it's only in this portion of their life that maybe they have a little weakness. But mm-hmm. for me, what works is imagining a being that I can fight and mm-hmm. that I can beat. And uh, that's what's helped me in the past. And it's certainly helped me now and it'll continue to help me. And I don't want him to win because he's not playing fair sometimes. He's taking advantage of times where I'm at my weakest. So look, everybody just needs to understand that I think I think if you get, you can get like an 80 and 85 on this exam, you're going to be pretty happy with your results. Oh, exactly. And you're right. Like I, I, for some people and it's, it's, uh, you know, I have a similar feeling for myself, like that idea of, of, like you said, you know, to use your word, you know, anthropomorphizing that, that demon inside of you, because then you can also understand that, 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 that part of you tells you lies. That part of you tells you, that part of you tells you that if you you go really hard for that day, that'll be enough. You know, it's going to be enough. And the reality is it never is. Like, especially for people that struggle with food issues. Like, and it's something you see you see in a lot of different, you know, there are so many books out there written about, like, food addiction and, and binge eating and things along those lines. And there, there's one out there. Um, I think the name of it is Never Binge Again. I'm honest. I might be screwing up the name of the book. But in that book, he talks he talks about creating that persona so that you have something to fight against and you have something to kind of say, no, I'm not going to listen to that voice. You know, I'm going to tell that voice to shut up, you know, when the reality is it's a voice that's inside yourself. Like it's a part of you, but sometimes that's how we, you know, it takes to be able to, to feel like you have something to fight because it's not something like that. There is no number. There's no, there's, there's no app. There's no blood meter that tells you, yeah, you're having a lot of cravings today. You know, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Know. <laughs> if, the, if that could ever be invented, like someone discovers that there is specifically a hormone that drives all of it and you can right. test for it and all of that, like that would be, that person would make a billion dollars, like overnight almost. Uh, overnight, because, right. I mean, because it's just, yeah. Oh yeah, but, but it doesn't exist. You know, the reality is there's all of these different things that go on inside all of us that, you know, you have to sometimes fight and, you know, and that's where, and that's where sometimes even like my philosophy and the philosophy of other people, you know, differs. Like one of the things I talk to people a lot is like, I think for me, one of the, one of the problems that I faced was I started to assign uh, personality to food. You know, this food, this food is evil. This food is trying to get me, you know, this food is out to, is, is coming for me and this food helps me and this, and when you start to do that, because then when you indulge in that food, it becomes naughtier and like forbidden, you know, like it becomes more forbidden. Like, so for me, it's this idea of, no, I have to see everything that I eat as a choice. Like I don't buy into the idea of, of saying, I never say cheat meal. Like, I don't like to say that because you know, we're cheating never got us anywhere in life. Like cheating was never a good thing, but for some reason it's like, we've somehow tried to make it a good thing on these journeys. Like go have an, but that doesn't mean that I don't have, meals that are off plan, but I acknowledge that I'm making the choice to do it. You know, I'm acknowledging that I'm also acknowledging the consequences and what that means and what that's worth to me and what, and I think it's when you start to get into that place of that highly focused mindfulness that you can also then recover better from the, you know, you can make the choice, you know, that idea of having an off plan meal doesn't mean it's an off plan meal that's seven hours long, you know? It doesn't mean that it has to be like the last time it ever happens. Like, you know, I, I get that question, you know, especially being someone that I, you know, I exist firmly, you know, for myself personally in the keto space. So people that don't understand or don't are, is something they could never conceive of. 
I often get the, so you're never going to have cake again. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's not that I'm never going to have cake again. It's that I know that if I did never have cake again, I could still live a happy life and I could still be okay and I could still be a good person and I could still be successful. So when I choose to have cake, I'm choosing to have cake. And I'm also not choosing to have cake because it, you know, like that, <laughs> it's the other thing for me, you know, I'm not choosing to have cake because it fits my macros and provides me with nutrients that I know are, you know, are going to be what my body needs for the day. Like, there's a lot of stuff out there that, that we treat as food that's just like you mentioned earlier, you know, something else you were talking about, like the Oreo aisle. I, you know, you're old enough and I'm old enough to remember when the Oreo aisle meant there was plain Oreos and there was double stuff Oreos and there was two kinds oh of Oreos. God. And now that's there it. is literally an Oreo aisle. Like half it's, of the cookie like, aisle is 75 <laughs> different flavors of Oreos. And, you know, it's we're in a different, you know, we, we have to we have to also be conscious of the fact that we're in a different world now. Like, you know, there's yeah, a great point. You know, I you know, we know it's no longer going into a, a gas station and there's, you know, four different candy bars to choose from. There's mm -hmm. 200 candy bars and there's 150 protein bars. And, uh, you know, there's. 75 different kinds of chips like it's no longer just about because you know I, I again like I feel like sometimes I'm like the old person in my day there was a potato chip <laughs> and there was a corn chip and there was a tortilla chip and the, you had the and those were the chips you could pick and the only the only difference we had was one of the potato chips had ridges and one of them didn't you know and now it's like well there's there's now potato chips that taste like everything you can think of and it's cousin like we're in a world uh, that is, is set up to, and then that's that voice in your head that's like, well, you never had a potato chip before that tasted like a loaded baked potato. Are you missing out on something because you didn't <laughs> you didn't have that potato chip? And you know, like well, it, it allows you to kind of fall down these rabbit holes. Well, how about this? You know, uh, and and I I, I kind of want to just hit on two things uh, before we we before we go before we finish. But one thing is just to piggyback right off of what you said. Another thing that, another acronym that I discovered that I, I think has probably been around for a very long time is this uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Now, as someone who likes to think that he knows all the old fashioned expressions and colloquialisms, I'd never seen it before, but people apparently were having FOMO regarding people that were getting vaccines and thus were able to do things sooner back in like a year ago. That was one of the things that made me personally make certain food choices. Like, I, I don't want to miss out on, you know, on, you know, diners, you know, diners, drives and drive-ins and dives. I don't want to miss out on, you know, the, the, the triple bypass burger because life, because life is short. I could tell you with confidence that if I were to stop eating any type of those types of foods tomorrow and lived another God willing, let's say 40 years, I would leave earth comfortably having partaken in all the delicious foods that this earth has to offer. I don't have to have a fear of missing out. And then the other point I wanted to bring up just cause I didn't want to forget it is I would argue that, you know, the, this, this whole time we've been talking, you know, we've, I like to think we've been talking very diplomatically and leaving space for interpretation. I, I, for some people, there has to be a tough love aspect to this. Uh, for some people, there has to be like, look, man, talking to your talking to oneself in the mirror. Cut the cut the crap. Like enough. You know what I mean? Like enough already. Like you know what I'm saying? Or or look, yesterday it was your godson or goddaughter's birthday. It was your son or daughter's birthday. You had the cake. You had a beer. You're, you're good now. Now get your water. You know what I'm saying? Like there has to be a almost militant. I believe there has to be, or maybe there doesn't. I mean, look, if you, if someone can do this with absolutely no friction and just, and just slide into their 50 pound weight loss, that's awesome. But there has to be a point where you say enough, You're like enough. So anyway, that, so no, no, just uh, like, it, it doesn't have to be a, it could be 25% of it, or it could be less, but don't let yourself off the hook to eat. you like, you got, I remember last, last thing on this point, one of my weight, the second time I had to lose a lot of weight, I was standing next to two ladies and we did the overhead shoulder press. And as my hands went up, my belly went down past my t-shirt and it was exposed. And I remember my first instinct was to what tuck in my shirt or, or, or rip almost rip my shirt so that it stretched out. Nope. 
I told myself while continuing to do the shoulder presses that revealed my stomach, you got yourself into this mess. You're gonna get your, you're gonna get yourself out of it. And there's gonna be a little shame. There's gonna be a little embarrassment. It's all worth it when you win. Mm-hmm. So. No, a hundred percent. And that's, and, and that really is, because I, that just speaks to like, we, we want as a culture, things to be easy. We want things to be presented to us, you know, on a silver platter. You know, it's when people reach out to me and they, they say, tell me exactly what to eat. And I, you know, like, and even honestly, when people reach out to me about coaching and they're like, okay, so when I sign up with you, you send me a meal plan. And I'm like, I don't give meal plans. Like, I work with you to help you make food choices and help you plan your meals and help you understand that you're the person at the wheel. You know, you're the person who's going to have to make the choices. You're the person who's going to have to realize that, yes, it can be scary going into a gym for the first time. It's scary for everyone. And, but doing it gets you somewhere better. You know, getting, facing those fears is what gets you to that place that you, you say you desperately want to get to. And you have a very clear definition of why you're doing this. Like it's not there, there's no easy way through any of this. And like, and that's why, you know, there's, there's, there's so many, you know, arguments and fights on social media about which diet is the right way to do it and all of this, you know, and then there's, you know, the voices that they just want to say, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just about getting into a caloric deficit. And I'm like, it is that simple, but you have to be willing to understand that it's, it's going to take a fight for you. Like it might, you know, your fight might be different than my fight. You know, we all have different battles we have to face, but it's like being honest with yourself about what it's going to take. And it's that self-honesty, you know, that mm-hmm. is sometimes yeah. the hardest to do because then we have to, when you, I have a friend who's big on this. He's like, taking responsibility for your life can be one of the scariest things that you ever do because it means you have to take responsibility for all of the things that brought you to where you are today when you're starting. But once you actually embrace that, that's when things get easier because you realize that it is something that you can control, you know, and it might not be easy. There's that does that's not implying that it, it does, you know, it's not implying that I didn't have nights where I didn't cry myself to sleep because I wanted to eat other things or I wanted to do old behaviors. Like that's the reality of it. Like when someone, you know, when someone messages me and says, today's just a really tough day and I don't want it to be a tough day anymore. And often I have to say, well, it's a tough day. Let it be a tough day, you know? And then when you survive it, remember I beat that tough day. You know, I got through that tough day. You know, I'm a tough person. Like realize that it's facing these challenges, leaning into the hard is never fun, but it's, you learn so much about yourself and you learn so much about what you're able to do and what you're able to actually kind of move forward with. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that that stands out there and all that you've been sharing is this idea that, you know, it's not just about I did X, Y, and Z and it clicked in this place. It's about, you know, you've gone through these different experiences that have brought you to this place of the knowledge that you have now. And it's that knowledge that you have now that allows you to move forward. And yes, I mean, uh, so, so eloquently put and, uh, and if, 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 if people only knew, you know, as we said, the tears, the sweat, the, 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 the self, the horrible self-talk that went into, you know, hopefully the knowledge that we're, we're, we're going to go ahead, we're going to do this. So for sure. Well, Alex, I've really enjoyed talking to you and I don't want to take up your entire Friday, uh, but is there anything else that, that you wanted to make sure we talked about today that we haven't been able to get into? Um, just, just that, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. One last thing, this con, the concept, I didn't invent it. The concept of, you know, being the hero of your own story is only beautiful. If, 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 if you get yourself healthy, it's that life can be beautiful in additional ways if you make yourself healthy. So you and I are not here to tell you that you're not, you know, you're not fully enjoying you know, your, your son or daughter's softball, you know, baseball game because you're heavy. No, no, no. It's beautiful. They're your kids. They're your family. They're your brothers, your sisters. Of course it's beautiful. It's not not beautiful because, you know, you have some weight to lose. But in addition to that, you can get out there and play an intramural. You know what I'm saying? So it's just life is not beautiful because you're, you know, 
wanting to lose some weight or yeah, it's because there are extra ways to enjoy it. And that's all. And that's what I think that's what we're trying to get at is that we can enjoy life in additional ways. And that's why it's really, it would be really cool if you can get yourself into a good program and a good, getting a good coach like you or people that you endorse. So that's what I would say. Definitely. Well, I, I appreciate that and everything that you've been sharing, man, if people want to connect with you or follow along with what you are doing, where can they find you? So um, for the first time ever, even though social media has been around for a, a long time, I have an Instagram page where uh, it's the, the, the handle is a story called Wonderland. And Wonderland is spelled O-N-E, Derland, and not W-O-N. So a, a story called Wonderland on Instagram, that's the only place I am right now for my weight loss, uh, I guess you could say, um, content, and I hope to add to it. And I just would love to have more interactions with people, again, in the fight, you know, with us. So, Well, I will definitely be putting that in the show notes for everyone so they can click that link and, and connect with you. I'm sure there are going to be people that would love to, you know, not just follow along with what you're doing, but, you know, dialogue about some of these things that we talked about today. So I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity for you as well, man. One well, of the things Mike, that, you know, yeah. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, I just want to say that here we are, and we wouldn't have met unless you and I were in the fight. So because we're, we have each other as, you know, confidants. So what a, what a great thing that happened uh, while this was all going on. For sure, man, for sure. And I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Oh, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So question number one, Alex, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, John Candy. I like it. He's always my he's always my answer. So I appreciate anyone who who brings him up. <laughs> nice. That's a good one, man. Question number two, Alex. We talked about a lot of the, I think a lot throughout this episode, but tell us. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Um, that it it's really important to be nice to everybody because if you find yourself not too confident because of how you look or how much you weigh or any of that stuff, just be nice and you get just as many high fives and pounds and and handshakes as, as the best looking guy in the room. There we go. I like it. Question number three, Alex. So we, one of the things we talked about was people getting started and actually starting to take action. What is one concrete thing that a person can do today to take action? Go to the kitchen, find the biggest glass of water in your cabinet and don't leave the kitchen until you safely drink three cups worth of that biggest glass of water. I like it. I, I think water is a, is an overlooked element for a lot of people. Very overlooked. I, I, I was talking to someone the other day. Um, I, I work at a store that's, that's a, kind of like a ketogenic grocery store and was talking to someone about their water. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I, I start the day with 48 ounces. I'm like, okay, but he hadn't finished the sentence and he's 48 ounces of coffee. And I'm like, okay. And then how much water do you drink? <laughs> He's like, well, then I'll usually like grab like a 20 ounce bottle at, at lunch. And I'm like, is that all the water you're drinking? Ooh, there you go. You need to drink some more water. Your uh, body needs a little more than that. So water is always a good choice. It would, yeah, it would appreciate it. It would appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Question number four, Alex, what is one thing about yourself that you love? That I haven't given up the fight. I like it. Question number five, Alex, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I want to use a portion of my hopefully next job's paychecks to finally finish off my credit card debt. And that has nothing to do with pounds on the scale or the way a certain, you know, shirt buttons or fits otherwise there we go man so alex one more time thank you so much for coming on the show sharing your story and diving into all that we did i think this was an awesome discussion you're the best and i really appreciate uh, you reaching out and accepting uh my uh, or, or extending the invitation sir 
Definitely, definitely, man. So like I said, Alex's contact information will be in the show notes today. Connect with him. You can connect with me on Instagram at GourmetGoesKeto or on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto. You can also find out all about my coaching options on theketoroad.com. And hey, my friends, after you've done all that, remember, go out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you really are the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.